right, so Marquis, are we rolling, 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 rolling? You know what time it is. Oh, it, you know what time it is. It's the oh, good time. Yeah. It's the good times of killing us podcast time. <laughs> it's your boy David. I'm here with K-Tel. K-Tel. And Marquis. Yo, 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 yo. All right, so today we are talking about the musical movement. It was huge in the mid-90s, early 2000s. You could not escape it. We're talking about new metal. And real quick, we're not talking N-E-U. It ain't like that, baby. It's just N-U, baby. N-U with an umlau. The two (laughs) dots above the U, baby. We sophisticated. We got the linguistics in the So, so... So for those who don't know, who weren't there, I mean, you got to know what new metal is. I mean, this is like, we're mixing all types of different genres. Most fundamentally, you're mixing rap and metal and rock, but there's also elements of punk, hardcore, funk, grunge, goth genres. Uh, Kate, what was the analogy you were talking about? Literally, new metal is, if you've ever been to like, if you were a little kid and you went to like a soda fountain at a restaurant and you just got to mix all the soda flavors together, it's called a suicide. Mm. And when you hit that, all the flavors, it just hits your head, it goes in through your gut, gives you a horrible rot gut stomach ache, and then it comes out through your frosted tips, and you just feel it. <laughs> and that was new metal, baby. Because you had frosted tips. Yeah, I actually did have frosted tips back then. Dude, I, I, I think what you're talking about probably came at the same time as new metal. Like, yeah, like I'm not even doing that. Me. Doing that, like uh, in the that was in, that in was the... your initiation into new metal. They're like, oh, you haven't had a suicide yet. You can't listen to this Limp Biscuit album. So you're if, not ready. So if you had a suicide, you were ready for all the aesthetics. Because for all the mouth, we've got, I mean, down tuned guitars. That was a big one. Um, DJs with turntables playing mm-hmm. rock and roll and metal music, and you can't. Forget about the scat vocals. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Ooh, you know, that we got all good. Okay, so we got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Great job. So, you know, we've got uh, the angry and dark nihilistic lyrics, but sometimes very kind of douchey, pretty sexist, as we're yeah. gonna get on later on. Um, a big thing in new metal was the quiet and whiny and kind of feeling something, and now I'm really fucking angry. Let's go! Like the the the, the quiet, yeah. soft whisper to the loud and angry vocals. That used to be some of my shit. Uh, some of my favorite shits were were that style. Mm-hmm. If like if you again. can think of an a- aesthetic, um, it'd be like you screaming at your dad. You take out the trash, Dad. <laughs> you do the dishes, Mom. Getting incre- I'm over it. Getting increasingly angry until you just smash him with a fucking vase and your whole life is ruined. And now you join the military. <laughs> Get away from it. Uh, no, no hate towards our, our, our military listeners out there. So... <laughs> So all new metal exists on a spectrum. This is not really. This isn't something you're going to find on the Wikipedia. This is more just us talking, our own kind of ideas. It all exists on a spectrum of evil, uh, like white boy, um, wigga, 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 wigga type stuff, yeah. and butt rock. It all exists on that spectrum. Every new metal band lands somewhere in that spectrum, and we're to come back to the spectrum a few times. But going it's, with it's the trifecta of new metal. Absolutely. So. Um, so going with that, I mean, I mean, look at the fashion. You look at the fashion, you can see all those elements. You got Jenko jeans. Mm. Oh, the the best jeans ever made. Yes, we've got Adidas shell toes, the original fat shoe. But people couldn't <laughs> even see your Adidas shell toes because if you were really popping, yeah, the your, gen- your Jenkos covered your whole shoe. They were yeah. they were getting wet and torn yeah, just, up and just rolled, ragged as hell. That's how you knew you listened to Corn. But you, you had. <laughs> 
you had to be ready for when for when like you did your jump on stage and then they saw their shoes. People were looking. They're like, what the fuck we got going on there? Like, if those weren't some shell tops, I know those some Etnies. I know those oh, some yeah. Osiris or DCs. That's a little bit later on, but these were the That's OGs. coming a little bit later, yeah. The shell tops were, yeah, the, like you said, the original fat, fat shoe. Yes. I mean, Adidas in general. I mean, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we've got spiked hair and just an overall kind of greasy look. Yeah, white dreads were big in mm. new metal. Yeah, like huge. Oh, yeah. <sighs> some bands, it was their whole gimmick. Yeah, amongst amongst many other things that are now considered problematic, that's we'll start off with just that the the white boy dreads, but it oh we get a whole lot worse. They're, prob- they're problematic on so many different levels. Yes. Like I'm all right, man. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, I don't mean just just the dreads. I mean just new metal in general. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I'm just it does about, not hold up. I'm yes. talking about the cleanings. and this is coming from someone who who loved new metal. Like oh, yeah. I, you know, new metal made me. Part, who I am today, man. Let's get out the way real quick. I mean, particularly Mark. Yeah, you want to talk about like our where are each of us individually like uh our, where we came in on new metal. Or? Yeah, let's get into it real quick. What each of us, what new metal meant to us before we get into the origins, the story, and what it is, what it all <laughs> means today. What did this mean to y'all? Where and what was it? What was what was it like for me? Uh, new metal was huge, dude. I so I was like coming into adolescence right around that time in like 97 98 99 like right when new metal was like really big and blowing up and like corn was like one of my fucking bands they were like mm. one of the first bands i was like fucking obsessed with dude and so like and you know corn was my gateway band dude so like i was along for the fucking ride dude probably into like right around when I got in high school, and, and this stuff, is your dude. prime. Yeah, 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 for sure, dude. And like and Slipknot was going on around that time too. Mm. So like it just kind of really like was gas on the fire of like the new metal shit that I was into around that time, which was like mm-hmm. a lot of Corn and Mudvayne, Slipknot, fucking uh, uh, you know I don't know if I said this down being new metal, but they definitely were in. Yeah, this, I mean it was in, there, in yeah. the mix here, and like you know a lot of that stuff. New metal hit me like fourth grade. Like mm. I remember like my first like encounter with new metal was Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, and it had like Power Man 5000 on that soundtrack and yeah, I'm just fucking doing yeah. kick flips to that fucking song <laughs> and just like TRL was big at that time and like Limp Biscuit was popping off on TRL. Yeah, like, New Metal was on it TRL. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like poppy like Britney Spears anymore. It was like fucking Limp Biscuit bumping like number one on TRL. Yeah, it became pop. And that music. shit was crazy and like it just overtook my whole life. Like I literally started spiking my hair. Like, I stopped wearing the Hawaiian button-ups that were popular at the time and started wearing, like, silk dragon shirts instead. Like, it hit me hard. Changed my whole aesthetic, I think I said it in another podcast, bro. Like, uh, I first heard fucking Limp Bizkit's fucking uh, Faith, and, like, I immediately went in my closet and cut some khakis into shorts. Immediately. Wait, what? Dude, like, literally. Like, and I don't even know what that meant, but I did it. I was influenced. Damn, man. For me, I, I was kind of had a more sheltered childhood. I didn't, well, not super, but I didn't have the cool older brother. I didn't have the cool dad who got me into metal. I mean, I remember listening to Linkin Park when I was in, like, late middle school and discovering them. And then in high school, I met a bunch of people who um, were still all about some Slipknot. I mean, but by then, when I had gotten into high school, I mean, we're talking about like 2005, 2006. So it had it, it, it dated a little bit, but, I mean, its resonance was still there in a huge way. But, but we're going to get into the years. We're going to get into, like, when exactly everything was going on. But before we get out... Um, and we'll get into the origins of this whole thing. Um, one of the, a couple other notes we have on here, or um, maybe this isn't the best part to mention after how big we were into new metal, but 
a big thing here was kids getting beat up by parents and other kids. Oh, dude, yep. Beatings. Yep. beatings. Beatings is a theme throughout a lot of this uh, early new metal. Absolutely. I remember I was raised extremely Christian in those years. Like, my mom was hardcore into Christ. <laughs> and I remember I got my first Slipknot CD. And They're going to say I got my first beating. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I got my first Slipknot CD. And, and then like, you got your first beat. I had to hide it in a Creed CD case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I legit, like, hid my shit in Creed. Like. Hey, that's what you that, have to do sometimes. Is... God, God forbid what you had to do with the Eminem CD. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's almost poetic. Yeah, it was crazy, man. All right, so let's get into it. When did this whole thing start? I mean, really, I mean, metal was always bound to mix with hip-hop. I mean, even Black Sabbath had sick grooves. But one of the first times that it really started to pop off was uh, when Run DMC collabed with Aerosmith in 1986 with their 1975 song Walk This Way. Which, real quick, let me mention, Walk This Way was nine years old when Run DMC... <laughs> no, dude, 11 years old. Oh, yeah, 11 years old. Wow, math. <laughs> Damn. Ten. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. like, what, what's, what's an 11-year-old song right now? You don't do that. Yeah. Maybe like if we remix... We don't, we don't, wanna, we don't wanna figure that out. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah, hurt yeah. our feelings. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe like if we remix in the club right now <laughs> oh my god so run dmc is getting with, with i think that's way older than 11 years by the way too run dmc is getting with aerosmith i mean that same year 1986 i mean you've got the bc boys so don't act like this thing was not gonna happen the bc boys uh put out license to ill in 1986 one year later you've got anthrax releasing their second ep i'm the man which specifically mixed up rap elements with straight up metal they even sampled uh stuff from something from license to ill i mean they that album's more of a joke of the bc boys like it has like they're they're joking their stereotypical jewish accents are kind of calling them nerds but the common theme here is that like the, the, like the rap and rock element and, and and these kind of like both these genres being not mainstream being mm-hmm. outsiders in their own kind of uh, um, element coming together and clicking like yeah we can we can vibe we both get it we're we're, we're not normies yeah it was, it was inevitable <laughs> and even later I mean Anthrax recorded a version of Bring the Noise with Public Enemy yeah dude that was that was probably the sickest thing I ever heard when I was like 12 and that was the beginning. That's the first time you're hearing metal and rap, and really the worlds coming together, like the real, like Public Enemy, Anthrax. That's real motherfuckers. Um, but there's other stuff going on too. And let's not forget what else was going on in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, you could even look at the Bad Brains mm. combining hardcore punk with grooves. Yep. You've got Ice T's Body Count combining metal with rap oh, yeah. elements and attitude. For sure, body Cop count. killer. <laughs> You've got straight metal bands like Helmet and Sepultura, who had a big influence on the instrumentation and, and guitar the sound, tones. Yeah, the guitar tones and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Dude, again, everything you just listed was like on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. So Tony Hawk was just like that. That game was just like brewing a that, stew. That probably in, started so many kids onto the new metal kick. Was that game? What's sure, crazy I can is, see that. is we're kind of joking, but y'all know the reach those games had. Like, oh yeah. It, yeah, oh yeah. That's dude. an app. That's an app. Yeah. Um, but you've also got, you can't forget other bands, like Nine Inch Nails is one of the first big industrial kind of goth bands. That, that had a huge influence on new metal, undoubtedly. We see that a lot, and we saw that a lot through a lot of new metals, like Prime, a lot of bands that had that, like, new metal, but that industrial, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, element to it. So Neon yeah. gas masks fucking, and shit. Yeah, spine shank. <laughs> Blue and dreads. Fucking, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> even from the get-go, which we don't, I don't want to ruin it, but even from the get-go, you've got that element in there. Yeah. But another big one, I mean, let's not 
forget Rage Against the Machine was combining rock and metal, or sorry, uh, rock, metal, and rap in 1991. That's when they put out their self-titled. I mean, Rage the Machine, I mean, a lot of people... I don't even know. I mean, I get how it's an argument. Some people say Rage the Machine qualifies as new metal. I mean, I would disagree, but I, I can, can see, I could see it. I can see how, and I can see how they definitely rode that wave, uh, yeah. like definitely towards um, that new metal prime time period in like the late nineties. But um, yeah, battle Battle for Los Angeles was a pretty new metal album of theirs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. dude. Yeah, like definitely. Gorilla Radio was a new metal ass song with the bounce riffs and all. Other than that, like take the, they, they had like a sweet. Guitar style that wasn't always with the bounce riffs and fucking uh. But a lot of those elements were there, even the like kind of like quiet to loud vocal thing. Like Rage the Machine had that. I mean, we're not saying it's starting to sound like we're saying Rage was like the beginning, but uh, don't add us. Yeah, don't add us for that. But I mean, Rage the Machine definitely. That's a band that a lot of new metal bands reference as being an influence. But um, even below that, I mean, look at even Zadar Roca. I mean, he had his hardcore band called Inside Out, which had groove parts. But I mean, even bands like Biohazard and Leeway on the underground were yes. doing the, the, these grooves in a big way. I just want to let the listeners know I'm literally sitting here in a Biohazard t-shirt yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Biohazard, I mean, those types of bands, I mean, that kind of showed you. And, and we'll get to it later on. I mean... Well, actually, let's let's not get there yet. We're getting ahead of ourselves. They wrote that aesthetic into like that tough guy New York kind of style that and a lot of rap was a lot of transition. On. Uh, yeah. They were kind of a transition band from that. Like yep. they didn't really. Well, I guess they were, did kind of slightly do a rap rocky thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you so. watch their music videos, like if you put rap music to their music videos, you could totally see it being a rap video. They had yeah yeah mm-hmm. they had that definitely new metal attitude, early yep. new metal yep. attitude. Like. Pierce nipples and like just like <laughs> bandanas, fitted hats back. Backwards and bandanas, yeah, exactly. But while it's all popping off in the underground, all the while, especially in the late 80s and early 90s, grunge was was ruling the airways. At this time, grunge is the biggest thing in rock and roll. However, in 1994, the same year that Nirvana's Kurt Cobain ultimately fucking killed himself, a little band from Bakersfield, California, would drop their self-titled debut record, Corn. Can, can you do some corn scat for us real quick? Um, I- Go! Go! So, Korn was started by a guy named Jonathan Davis. Um, he had a couple other bands before Korn, one called Sex Art, one called LAPD, which apparently originally meant Love and Peace Dude, later it meant Laughing as People Die. Uh, wow, what a, what a gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Um... But uh, he actually came from some pretty solid musical roots. In fact, his dad was a keyboardist that played for Frank Zappa. Oh shit! Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, he was a, uh, he worked in a morgue in like his adolescence. He almost just straight did that. Like he might not have been the lead singer of Corn and just wow. worked in a morgue. So I can was, totally. He see was that. a nineteen-year-old goth girl. Yeah, some of <laughs> yes, some, yes, some, a yes. lot of Corn songs, especially uh, their or- earlier songs. I think one specific song from Follow the Leader was just straight about uh, a body in the morgue. But it cannot be overstated. Like, Korn was... That was it. Korn was the first new metal band, I'd Founders say. Founders of new metal. Yeah, that was really it. And Korn vo- Korn's vocalist, Jonathan Davis, cited Faith No More and Pantera as his biggest influences. In fact, uh, Jonathan Davis once said, if there was no Dimebag Daryl, there would be no Korn. And the guitarist Fieldy cited Red Hot Chili Peppers and Lace... Uh, or sorry, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers and Les Claypool from Primus has been his biggest influence. So again, Both this, stu- basis, dude. this stuff does not just pop out out of nowhere. No, there's definitely a lead up and a build up to new metal. There, there was, there was things like 
cause and effect definitely happening mm-hmm. in yeah. the heavy metal world we, that led to it. It was yeah. all brewing in the protoplasm this whole time, you know. But Corn was one of the, it was the band that like it, it, it the, the pot was stirred, all the cake was baked, mm-hmm. and Corn when when the the timer went off, Corn came out. It was yeah. it was the meat in the taco. <laughs> yeah, and they had all the elements. I mean, all we're talking about later on with the the evil, the white boy, the, the butt funk. rock. Honestly, the funk, all that was in Corn mm-hmm. more than anything else, more than any other band that had happened before, and that was really <laughs> it. And a lot of bands still kind of reference them as being the main ones. So on this album, we've got a couple standout songs. Um, I put down Mr. Rogers, which uh, is about Jonathan Davis feeling that Mr. Rogers lied to him about the fundamental nature of humanity, man. Yeah, fuck you, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> fuck everything you did for children. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and that's really a common thread throughout a lot of their albums, and, and their album art particularly, the, the notion of defiled youth. Yeah. I think something happened innocence, to him. Innocence lost. Yeah, something... I mean... Well, for one, they were from Bakersfield, California, which is a pretty, uh, apparently a pretty conservative area. So maybe he kind of grew up with this idea of this kind of like, um, you know, like the, the 2.4 kids, the white picket fence idea. And then yeah, all the of a sudden, leave it to beaver world, like you were going to yeah. grow up and have a nice house and a family and be able to provide for them easily. But then you find fucking Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, every, oh. and nothing was ever the same. No, I just got <laughs> fucking hostile. <laughs> And then he had to walk on Homeboy. <laughs> another another song. Uh, do we want to fuck up this whole podcast in our third episode? Uh, we don't want to mention it. Well, it it's, was, it's it pronounced. I mean, it, you know what it is, but the word it's it, maggot, baby. Yeah, let's just say it's that <laughs> maggot but, with an F. <laughs> so we have a song. Yeah, it's not Slipknot shit. We're not uh, there yet. Yeah. So this song is about being called various gay slurs as a kid for liking Duran Duran, apparently. But it's interesting because in that song, Maggot with an F, mm-hmm. it's not the name of the song, but y'all know what we're saying. You know Um that song, I mean, he's talking about like being bullied as a kid. He's talking about being called gay, and then he's like, I'm not gay, or am I gay? You know, he's kind of going on <laughs> on this thing that's very unique. That's a unique kind of impulse going on at that time period. Yeah, nothing like that was was uh, what's going on. You didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Definitely not on the radio. Especially not in like a, a he- like a heavier in a, sense. Yeah, like in a no, heavy, no. Yeah, that was a, a, a very manly like I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face genre of music, and he's like opening up about feelings and shit. Yeah, it's pretty. Our, pretty deep it's funny because he's talking about Pantera being influenced but Phil Ansama was totally one of the dudes who was doing that on yeah, yeah, school yeah, yards yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean they're still they're still I mean new metal I mean this band I mean this record's on the billboard you know like they're not really going underground but they're still kind of they're in the underground to a degree I mean in fact they uh, they're playing for Sick of It All in 1995 apparently um, they were kind of on that circuit with like a lot of hardcore at the time, and uh, I mean you can imagine hardcore kids are probably talking a lot of shit about it, saying this is kind of this is too corny. Maybe that's why they call themselves corny. Yeah, could you imagine like going to like sick of it all back in '95 and like seeing corn come out to corn, that? You're like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Dude? They play blind, and you're like, what is going on here? I can't crack a forty to someone's skull to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but outside of that, we've also got another big hitter. We've got the Deftones oof, oof. dropping Adrenaline, their debut album in uh. 1995. Which K Town's got some feelings. Which w- just on the record, Mark and I love the fucking Deftones. What are you talking about? I'm I'm just not into them, guys. Oh. I've tried I've tried so many times, especially because everyone I know loves them and everyone cites them as this amazing band. I just uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. I get it. I don't I hate them. I just everybody. I just can't groove to it. I definitely get it. Well, I mean, the thing they got, they got all type of different flows, though, bro. 
I, I think I just I, I really just need to sit down with someone who knows Deftones. Uh, your boy. Instead of just trying to like do it on my own, I guess. Well, the thing is about the Deftones is, uh, I mean, from even from the very beginning of their career, I mean, Chino Moreno was famously talking about how their first instinct was to push away. I mean, they were kind of lumped into this new metal thing that was kind of emerging, especially with corn. I mean, people were even calling them what baby corn. Baby corn. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want to be baby corn. That would be fucking really uh, hard to take. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to come up and start your own band, they're like. Oh yeah, you're baby some other band yeah. in your scene. You're like, nah, okay, we got to dissociate ourselves from our, from that band. Well, Deftones had even formed in 1988, so they were kind of like hanging out for a while. Yeah, like they were. I mean, they were probably just kids in high school, drinking beer and like shredding in the in the garage. Yeah, so they're doing their own thing, and all of a sudden, just happens to be that they're on the same wave as Corn and New Metal. And I mean, they were even saying they're like, we don't want to be in this New Metal thing because you're calling an entire genre new. That that's just <laughs> That's what? going to be dated in like four years. Yeah, because yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, we're, but although, well, I will say we're still calling it new metal, even though it ain't new it anymore. Ain't new about it, but that's it's, it's it's because it's got you. It's because it's yeah, got true. you. Yeah, yeah. They give the extra power. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he, I mean, Chino Marino. Gave it Twenty more years, baby. Chino Marino, the vocals of the Deftones. I mean, he said he used to hate being associated with Limp Bizkit. I mean, he was friends with all these guys, but I mean, they were even being invited to go on tour with them. Um, and they were turning them down. Like, they were just like, nah, man, like, we want to go on our own wave. Even though, undoubtedly, um, um, Deftones' early success, particularly, was definitely had a big thing to do with new metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. They There's were no new metal. I mean, I, I get that feeling. Like, I was bumping Oops, I Did It Again, like, in fourth grade, but I won't tell nobody I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here, here's one thing I thought about that particular situation. So, you know, we, we've been in bands and stuff, so you know it's like, imagine, we. I can relate to what Deftones is talking about. I think everyone can relate to, like, not wanting to get lumped into the stuff that you don't really see yourself as particularly. Mm-hmm. Our bands have been like that, yeah. But in our own wave how do you take that? This this is a band that like they're not just a band, they're homies. So yeah. you're doing something and you're you're a big band and you're like, Come on bros, let's let's go on this tour, it's gonna be fucking sick and they're like, Nah. Yeah. I you mean could. I think they, they definitely played shows together. That would feel a little shady coming from like yeah. not Deftones perspective, but coming from like Corn or Biscuit's perspective. Like you're homies and you are hanging mm. out and showing together and you're like, Yeah, let's hit this tour. It's us and fucking corn and and they're like, ah, yeah, no, 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 we good. No, yeah, no. you Thanks. might be wondering. I Thanks, mean, but we good, bro. You're definitely probably Van talks about like Deftones. Like, oh, they think they're yeah. too good they for us. Yeah, they think they're fucking. And honestly, I could see Deftones probably having some Van talks. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I mean, and, and even we'll get to it later. But I mean, did you hear what Fred was talking about? <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it later. But Deftones is a band that's still huge. However, in 2017. Um, he did say that he would want to tour with Corn because now that it's all said and done, yeah, yeah, you're you're established now. You can't you, you can't really get lumped in anymore. I mean, yeah, but the beep was squashed. But continuing on, I mean, this is a really baked. this is a small speaking of baked. We got Eliminated and Brownies in 1995 by Sugar Ray. A lot of people don't really see Sugar Ray as being considered new metal, but if you listen to the songs besides their hits, who if y'all are out there, you've listened to those albums like actually from start to finish. You know, that shit is new metal. Don't even try it out like you don't know. Don't yeah. like <laughs> um, in, ni- <laughs> in 1996, we've got Corn's Life is Peachy. Um, so it's getting bigger and bigger. Got him. <laughs> in fact, uh, I mean, even older metal bands were starting to kind of get, get in on this. I mean, Sepultura put out Roots in 1996. So you've got a much bigger metal band doing a new metal style. Um, and in a way that isn't corny by any means. I mean, that record holds up. Fantastically well. It's pretty sick. Um, but you've got other stuff. I mean, some people might not 
see this as has new metal either, but this is definitely part of that wave. We've got Marilyn Manson dropping Antichrist Superstar in 1996. That came out, <laughs> like, right in that new metal thick, like, when shit was popping off, and... He was he was that album especially he was riding that new metal wave. There's, mm-hmm. He had those bounce riffs and shit. Think of like uh, the beautiful people. Oh yeah, all these endless just like riffs that play in a circle that you could just play over and over again. And that's the thing is it's all brewing. I mean, you've got Corn already has kind of a goth aesthetic. Yeah, you know, I mean Marilyn Manson probably listened to Corn, and then right after that we've also got uh, I mean Cold Chamber kind of off that same loco loco. I didn't think about this until like earlier when we were talking about this but yeah you can't like think look at Cold Chamber and say they weren't influenced by Marilyn Manson they're like <laughs> no, some Manson clones like you oh know, yeah like, definitely. Well, you know, at least in the aesthetic and shit like. you knew the, the the table at the record at, at like the record execs were seeing Marilyn Manson blow up they're seeing this they, they saw some band called Cold Chamber which let's be honest it's not that great of a band but you knew that you could sign them I don't even think you have to say that I think everyone knows yeah, that yeah. you're not offending anybody by saying that yeah. what dude the fuck you say about Cold you, Chamber you heard chamber music though <laughs> <laughs> yes but they put out their self-titled in 1997 um, but then this is when it gets really big so I mean New Metal is really starting to get there but one time on tour Korn met a young man hmm. named Fred Durst Oh, you already overkilled the fucking horns? I just, okay. He's going to leave an absence of it. But no, no. Yo, pay my man respect and give him that Fred Durst is a heavy hitter. No, he's seriously a heavy hitter in the new metal fucking shit. Yeah, so Fred Durst apparently was always a big fan of both rock, metal, and uh, and rap for sure. I mean, he offered to give Korn's guitarist head a tattoo. (laughs) Korn came back to his place for the tattoo, which was apparently really shitty. Like, it's supposed to say Korn, but apparently, what'd they say it it said? It looks like it says horn. Yeah, horn. Yo, real quick, he he offered to give head to corn. Actually, yeah, just not, to get not head a tattoo. Yeah, just to get we're getting real like, meta. Hey, He's trying to suck them off. Any, <laughs> each one of the guitarists. We're getting real meta with the uh, with the syntax of my notes. <laughs> you didn't leave me any room to make that joke. Thank you, K Town. But <laughs> but they come over and Fred gives him a mixtape and Fieldy from from what do you play in corn? Bass. Bass. It was probably literally a mixtape. Yeah, so Fieldy gave Fred's mixtape to Korn's producer, Ross Robinson, and he loved it. The rest is history. And real quick, let's talk about Ross Robinson, how instrumental. He was huge. I mean, big, very instrumental in new metal in general, and even going on in the aftermath of new metal. I mean, for one, he did Slipknot, but he's also done bands like the Blood Brothers, uh, fucking Glassjaw, which at Glassjaw, the at the drive-in, right? I mean, he's. I mean, he's a big hitter. He recorded a lot of these early records from Corn, uh, Slipknot, his other bands. Um, but he also recorded Limp Bizkit's debut album, Three Dollar Bill, y'all. There it is. In 1997, <laughs> and this is when White Boy New Metal really started. And Fred Durst didn't only create. He didn't only create like a new kind of little part of the new metal world. Fred Durst created a whole genre of person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all There's know still, these dudes. Definitely still- all my uncles. <laughs> Actually, like, all my uncles were Fred Durst. They all had, they were like just balding, like white dudes with, with like backwards, backwards cap. caps, <laughs> white tees, and cut off cargo shorts. With some, like. with some D3s. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's really popping off with the white boy new metal. I mean, and then only a year later, which is this kind of blew my mind. This band came out before all the other all the other heavy hitters we're gonna get to. Saliva puts out their self titled with Click Click Boom in 1997. Click Click Boom. 
Yeah, that's a heavy hitting song, man. That shit still play on the radio. Which again, I was up in my room and let the radio play. <laughs> which this is a good time to kind of mention that. I mean, by this time, new metal. I mean, you've got record executives looking at this stuff. I mean, they're they're looking at three dollar bill, y'all, and they're looking for other stuff. That's all saliva was. So, like, how do we capitalize on this? Yeah. They literally were like thro- trying to throw shade at like Eminem in that song too. <laughs> like, oh yeah, true, true. What do you say? He was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, my mom and my dad were perfect, but you don't hear no crying ass bitching for me like everybody you see on TV. <laughs> no, it's actually good you mentioned that because we don't really we didn't really put Eminem in the notes, but I mean, really, when you think about it, Eminem probably had a bigger thing to do with. Oh all yeah, this. yeah. Most dudes, most dudes got into Eminem and then got into Limp Biscuit. Yeah, mm. no, absolutely, absolutely. Did my, ever, all my uncles? <laughs> I feel like real quick. Did did Limp Biscuit and Eminem ever have beef? They must have had. Beef. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Fred Durst, I feel like this Fred is a thing. Durst and Eminem had had specific beef. There mm. is. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't talk about this before. So uh, I can't remember what. There's a VMAs. I guess they used to be cool or something. And there's a VMAs where um, something happened. I can't remember. They're like, there's only room for one Wigga on MTV. <laughs> and uh, Eminem won like an award or something. And as he's coming down the aisle, like uh, Fred Durst goes to like dap him up, and Eminem just like ignores him. Like it's like, damn. Oh, damn. And then he mentions it in a song. Like, yeah, I didn't. I saw you, bitch. Like, you know, I, I just Oof. you're a pussy. Oof. And then he shot. Then he like curses up Britney Spears. Eminem was just coming for all the pop stars at the time, and. Even though I think they started out as friends, uh, Fred Durst landed square in the middle of that because mm-hmm. he was a pop star. It had to happen. You've got two pissed off white boys, and Fred Durst, like, I mean, easy target if you had. I mean, not to put a lot of good stuff on Eminem, but I mean, the, the dude could can rap. I mean, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's still pretty. I don't want to give too much credit to him, but, you know, he can rap, and he can definitely tear someone up if he wants to. And if you're Fred Durst at That's this like time. That's like Eminem's prime, too, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I mean, this is about the time where this shit is getting huge. I mean, in 1998, even fucking Slayer went new metal with their record, which is pretty infamously bad. Uh, <laughs> Diabolus and Musica, 1998. <laughs> um, big heavy hitter. I mean, you've got System of a Down dropping oh, their self-titled. Mm, mm, 1998. Mm. Can we get a ham horn for a System of a Down, please? For sure. We gotta get some sure. more damn fucking sound. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Where's the... We, hey, we, we got the, the Wilhelm yeah, up give in. the people what they want. <laughs> we, we're, there's gonna be plenty of room for the Wilhelm. Yeah, Wilhelm's coming on the later half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. There's gonna be plenty of time. The head P.E., baby. Let's big up the genre before we tear it apart. So... So, with System of Down, this might be a good time to mention that, uh, I mean, from California and from other parts of the country, I mean, one positive thing you can really say about new Metal, which is maybe a good thing to go off of after the, after the Eminem thing, is there's a lot of diversity going on. Like, You've I seen mean, a lot of diversity in the new Metal scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of System of Down was Armenian-American, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Deftones, Chino Marino is Mexican, Asian-American. Most of them are part Mexican, POC. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. You would, see a, you would see a few bands with, like, either, like people of color or black or brown uh, band members and as like a uh, black kid who was black brown metal, goth and let me fucking tell you <laughs> coming back <laughs> yeah, goth going, is a race going back people. to fucking like the uh, <laughs> mid to late 90s it was not like fucking uh, in vogue to be a fucking black kid into rock music and shit so it was really sick to see yourself represented like in, in some of these bands that Sometimes you would feel like an outsider listening yeah, to some of Yeah, it was really shit. dope, because, like, a lot of these bands, like, got their aesthetic from, like, ethnic culture. Exactly. Like, totally. You totally. know, they they were they were embracing, like, you know, rap and, you know, like, cholo, like, West Coast cholo, like, vibes and, like, New York. Like, they were really embracing everything and, you know, making it into their thing. Mm-hmm. 
it, it was dope. It was dope to see, like, you know, the influence. It wasn't just for, like, the angry white dude. It was for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, that might have been the majority, to be mm-hmm. honest. But, I mean, definitely, I mean, there was that was a huge factor in all this. It's much more inclusive uh, than previous incarnations. I mean, look at, like, what grunge was. Yeah. Grunge was just white dudes. Yep. It was nothing but white dudes. Or hair metal or fucking yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like other other mm-hmm. uh, variations. There was of there metal. was no there was no black motley crew like you no, know what I mean. Yeah. No. Other variations of metal were almost exclusively white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's popping. Nineteen ninety eight. This is when the Family Values tour came up. So nineteen ninety eight, we've got the first one. This is a huge deal. I mean, this new- is big. New metal is now the biggest thing in metal, and I would argue, would y'all say mainstream rock is? Yeah, I mean, general? like, like yeah, I was saying was, earlier was with Biscuit, they were yeah. they were taking over TRL, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. this there was there was a point in time we're talking about now, like the the, the late nineties. This is a point in time where on TRL I could see a fucking corn video, a Limp Bizkit video, an Orgy video, and maybe even a Rammstein video. Like all like, of the, they like, literally know, were yeah. beating out like Britney Spears yeah. and like, Christina yeah. Aguilera on fucking TRL. They're, like this was huge. TRL was like the home of like just like mainstream, just generic pop. And Limp Bizkit was like pushing those dudes out. Like yeah. it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one. I mean, yeah, you've got Corn, Limp Bizkit, Orgy, Rammstein. I mean, you've got Ice Cube. Is coming on. You've got an actual like well-known rapper. We're talking about a rapper from NWA joining Limp Biscuit and Corn. So real quick, just a quick deep cut. Like um, Family Values tour '98. There was a fucking CD and there was a fucking like a movie. Uh, uh, a, a, it was literally a VHS, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, but yeah. Fucking, and I, and I had <laughs> yeah. both, and this was fucking a hundred percent influential to me and probably a hundreds of thousands of kids like because it, it had all those bands i'd previously listed you know had fucking corn orgy like you said had ice cube on it and this was like fucking sick this was like gold for like a kid like me that was into all these bands and it put me on to some more of these bands and shit so it was a gateway the mm-hmm. family values 98 tour video and uh you want to say DVD, but it definitely wasn't a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and to kind of put y'all in the the cultural place right now, and to kind of show you how in, like, how big new metal was, how it really had something to do with a lot of what was going on. Got to talk about Columbine, yo. Columbine happened in 1999, and Marilyn Manson, who again you might you might argue is not new metal, but definitely big in like if you listen to new metal, you listen to Marilyn Manson, and probably those dudes was I don't forget the names of the those motherfuckers. We don't need to say their names. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true. Yeah, fuck those guys. But you know that they were probably listening to a lot of fucking new metal, dude. Marilyn Manson was not the only one. That was just the easiest yeah, target. Like, no one just listens to one band. And yeah, <laughs> that's what the media would make you think, though. Is like they listen to nothing but Marilyn Manson. Yep. It fucked their heads. Made yeah. them kill people. But I mean, that's that's really where we're getting. I mean, the, there's a lot of imagine being like a kind of right wing conservative Christian person in the late '90s and seeing where rock and roll was going. Just a shortly oh after, my God. Like, yeah, after man. Like, my my mom, dude. Yes. My mom, like yeah. she was ter- Like she was like, "You're never watching MTV again." Bro, I, I don't I- care if they're playing church on MTV. You're not watching that. <laughs> I almost feel bad for them, even though, like, I I mean, we were definitely all kids who were all like, "Yeah, whatever, mom." But like, yo, shout they- out to my mom. She's not like that anymore. As parents, nice. in, in the wake of like. Uh, the American culture with the sa- the satanic panic and shit, like, mm-hmm. and then you got fucking Marilyn Manson on stage. On your, you're sitting down after fucking work mm-hmm. to watch the news and just chill, and they're showing you fucking Marilyn Manson wearing some fucking dude, dude. But it was real, like, I, re- on I stage, remember, like, 
when I was eight, like there literally was uh, like these goth kids who thought they were vampires murdered somebody mur- murdered a homeless dude in Willoughby holy shit and Jesus. like my mom wouldn't let me out after dark anymore <laughs> like it was it was like that that that's, panic that's was scary. real dude mm-hmm. I and mean, this is when it's starting to get a little bit dark but um you know I mean it wasn't all bad I mean Limp Bizkit put out significant other <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Limp Bizkit for making for the saving for saving the country from Columbine yeah with, <laughs> with in 1999 with a significant other and this is I mean a lot of people would say this is when they blew the fuck up. I mean, they've got, uh, what, Method Man on there. They've got rappers. Uh, Fred Durst was a full-blown pop star. I mean, he already kind of was, but by this point, I mean, there's no denying it. It's yeah. huge. Um, yeah, but, there, there were rumors of him, like, dating Britney Spears and shit. Like, which I think were fabricated, but, dude, that's... It adds up. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. It, it adds like, up. It's oh, crazy yeah. that that was even, like, in the same sentence back then. Yeah, like, exactly. Britney Spears, the biggest pop star in the world, Is fucking dating. around with Fred Durst, and, like, people believed it. Yeah, that was right next to all, all the great little ones. Like, we've got uh, Marilyn Manson removing his rib. Oh, yeah, uh, to suck his own yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy that, like, this was before, like, internet was, like, in every home. Yeah, you could and, just like, say some dumb shit. Everyone believed. <laughs> but, like, it's crazy, like, Not that, that like, people, people, like, in, like, the middle of, like, bumfuck Iowa and, like, people in Florida all knew the same story without, like, connecting somehow. They just, they just... Everyone knew that in like middle school, like word of mouth. Fred Durst dude. took a rib out and sucked his dick. Like, I mean, not Fred. Durst. <laughs> yeah, Fred Durst. Dude, didn't. Fred Durst. Took no, a rib it's out. just crazy to think about like that. Like that's how big in new metal was. Like it was getting passed around without any significant way to like get that weird shit out there. Yeah, back then it was like a seventeen or sixteen year old talking at those what are those electrical boxes he used to sit on in, in like middle school, high school. You know what I'm talking about? On the corner, there's a oh, big yeah, box. Oh yeah, yeah, in the the corner of your neighborhood, dude. The green, the green box. That's where the thing about Marilyn Manson moving his rib came from. Some kid was telling like a twelve year old, he's like, "Yeah, did you know Marilyn Manson took out his rib so he could suck his own dick?" And then he told all of his middle school friends he and just kind of grew and grew. I remember I heard yeah. about that before I even knew like what sucked. Dick was. Like, <laughs> I was like, yo, people get the dick sucked? <laughs> that was your exposure. I wasn't even busting nuts yet. Like, before you thought about anyone else sucking. This one. Before you before you even thought about a dick being handled by anybody else, you were just like, oh, I can suck that. <laughs> like, oh, damn. But uh, in Woodstock 99, I mean, that's when, I mean, it, it's, I mean, back to the darkness, I guess, actually. Is, uh, I mean, fuck. I mean, if you watch that Nookie video, um, <laughs> Yes. yes, there we go. <laughs> of of them playing Nookie in Woodstock '99, I mean, you're seeing girls taking their you know, their tops off, which is whatever, yeah. and then dudes just straight up grabbing. That was know. the most like, like the most like awkward thing I ever saw when y'all showed me that clip the other day. Yeah. The girl, like the guys grabbing her tit, and she's, she's just, just like, like hey. she's, she's just, just like, like yeah. and the guy's away. like, he's like what oh, the fuck? Man. yeah, he's like pissed. He's like, oh, what the man. fuck, man. Yeah. I can't grab your titty in public. Like, <laughs> yes. what the fuck? <laughs> it's really. Cringy. I can't help myself. Like, it's I mean, that's cringy still, shit. That's still a fuck. Well, let's not get all too SJW in this. But that's still a fucking. Yeah. Thing. Shouts out to incels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you want yeah, me to just real. grab your fucking tit? Um, and in fact, when they played break stuff, I mean, people were tearing up the venue. They were taking plywood out. They were surfing on the venue. I mean, they it were... was called break stuff pain. Come yeah. on. Well, so... the thing is, it's like he, Fred Durst thought it was like a whole positive thing. But after the show, I mean, there are fires. They're tearing this shit up. The cops are coming to him trying to say, hey, man, you started a riot. They're telling him he incited a riot. And he's like, what? I told them all to be positive and to, uh, to uh, just, um, you know, put their, put their good energy out. 
And, uh, but I don't know what the fuck Fred Durst was saying during that speech. It really was just a rambling. Yeah, it was make a lot of sense. <laughs> no matter what you do, you're gonna, uh, you'll, be, you'll forever be the same. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> human, no growth as a human. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what negativity is coming at you. You ain't gonna change. Like, what? What are you even fucking talking about, dude? You'll never grow as a person. But this really can't be understated. This is a huge issue. I mean, even later on when they put out uh, Rearranged, they're talking about this on a later record. They're talking about it in the music videos. Yeah, but, they literally had clips from Woodstock playing in the like the the video. Yeah, when they were in the video when they got sentenced to yeah, death. <laughs> to death by <laughs> yeah. milk. By milk. Which who knows what the fucking symbology is right there. But, but okay, but here's a big fucking heavy hitter. Slipknot puts out their self-titled record in 1999. This is huge. Yeah, this shit this changed fucking my fucking life. Dude. Still holds up. Still dude, holds I up. I remember the first time I heard Slipknot. It was Woo. literally on the bus. I think I was in like eighth grade. Might have been seventh or eighth grade. And fucking uh, this kid Corey who rode my bus because I had some friends. I, I loved Corn. I had a friend who was really into fucking Power Man 5000. And my other friend, I can't remember what he... I think I think Slipknot was his band, but I never really had listened to him. They were, like, really fucking new. Like, mm-hmm. like probably came out that year. But uh, uh, some kid on the bus, this kid, uh, Corey, I think, on the bus, that asked me, he was like, dude, you like Slipknot, right? And I'm just like... Basically, I had heard of him, but I was like, yeah. And he let me hear the song. It was literally sick. It was the first song he played. And it fucking blew my mind, dude. Like, the first, like, 30 seconds of that song, like, changed my life. Mm-hmm. I was like... This is the hardest shit I've ever heard. With the exception of the the kind of bad rap parts, that whole record holds up so well. I mean, I, I mean, I was jamming it the other day, and I just felt so stoked. I was like, "This is still great. This is still like a such a pure distillation uh, into something that it's just pure anger. It's con- it's just completely harnessed what anger feels like. I mean, I've never." I don't know. It's it still holds up. It's great, but uh, Slipknot was a wild band. Like they were wearing masks. They had satanic themes. They were wearing sweaty jumpsuits. There's and fucking nine of them. Nine yeah. fucking literally members. like four percussionists. <laughs> like that's insane, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were the the performative aspect of new metal was really embodied in Slipknot. I mean, yeah. and to this day, I mean, they change up their mask every record they put out, and it, they just put out. I mean, they just put out a. They just put out the new mask. At least they haven't put out the record yet. But. I, th- I know. Is it just the single? That's I think it's just a it? single. Okay, yeah. but it's still. I mean, I I bang the fuck. I I still like am jamming to like new Slipknot to this day. Like, Slipknot holds up really well. Dude, right? I listen to Iowa songs from Iowa a lot, but like, yeah, Slipknot definitely kind of capsulated that the- theatrical element that was going on in new metal. A lot of these bands had a gimmick, some kind of theatrical element to them. Mm-hmm. I also think that one thing that Slipknot had that a lot of other bands didn't have is uh, I think that. I think they're a little bit more critically acclaimed than these other new metal yeah, bands. Yeah, they won. They won Grammys and shit. Yeah, like, they were winning Grammys. Subliminal versus won a Grammy. Yeah, I mean that's a little bit later on, but yeah, like, they're taken seriously in the real music world. I think real metal music respected them. Again, for me, I'm just gonna say I don't think the 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 rap parts hold up. No, spit it out. Like a lot of people I'm fuck with, with that it. song. I don't. I don't fuck. I spit it I'm out. Fine with it. My cousin plays this I'm song. Fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. Fuck it. Um, it's 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 a time capsule. It's, that's what was going yeah, on. You listen no. a lot of these songs. They were all doing this like, and I feel like even then in the late nineties, this played out 
version of rap that rappers weren't even doing at that time. It was kind of like an older mm. version of rap. Like Jay-Z wasn't doing that, you know, and he was probably one of the biggest rappers of that time. Well, what's going on in rap right now? What was the big... Uh, this is like G-Unit time in rap, right? No, this is a little no, before Jay-Z, We're Jay-Z's Jay-Z. putting out like that um, Hard Knock Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hard Knock, yeah, even before Big Pimpin', yeah. like Hard Knock Life shit and... um. Uh, no, what else is going on? Right? No, right. off your shoulder was a little bit later. So already by this yeah. time, rap's kind of like moving on, and it's like this is these wavelengths are kind of separating. Yeah, a rap's bit. moving yeah. more towards like the big money, big booty bitches, mm-hmm. like, big yeah. pimping. Yeah, big yeah, big pimping. Well, where has Slipknot big shirts, big pants? Well, where has Slipknot lasted? You know, for a long time. Let's write off a couple other bangers. You know, granted bangers from the late '90s that maybe didn't hold up as well. I mean, we've got Soulfly in nineteen. Uh, they put out their um, uh, debut record in nineteen ninety eight, which had Sepultura as Max Calvera. Yeah, right. he's he's like the founder of that band, the lead singer, guitarist. He's like it's his like brainchild. Soulfly still dropping albums, actually. Mm-hmm. Soulfly. So you're still seeing. I mean, still dreaded up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've Still also looks like an apocalyptic Rastafarian, as our boy James did. Shout out to James. James. What, 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 what's on put last names yeah, yeah, in? But yeah, if you're yeah, listening yeah. to this, shout out to, uh, to James. You know who you are. Um, we've also got Obsolete by Fear Factory in 1998. We've got Godsmack in uh, 1998, Stand which is self-titled. <laughs> We've got uh, Orgy put out Candy Ass in 1999, which was kind of like, uh, dude, I guess, these, the bigger these record. These album names were just goofy as <laughs> yeah. fuck, dude. Like, Absolutely. Candy Ass. A lot ass. of bad lyrics, a lot of bad album names, and album covers. Yeah, Oof. album art was rough album back then, dude. I mean, mm. at the time, it was cool as shit. Like, Limp Bizkit's significant Like, like Jinko other. Jeans. Like, yeah, Jinko exactly. Jeans. exactly. They don't hold up. Limp Bizkit's significant <laughs> other album cover is just, like, so stupid. But, like, that was, that was the epitome of what new metal was. People were that getting that, that shit tatted on them like oh, there's like a 40 year old right now with like three kids that's got like Oof. that shit on their back look if you do have that tatted on you like i hope you still love that album yeah yeah and that's, same, and that's same. there <laughs> um you got speaking of really dumb looks we've got static x with with constant death trip yeah don't you with disrespect death trip. yeah dude hold on dude static x. wisconsin death death trip oh okay so me. in this new metal deep dive like static x is one of the bands and and the album wisconsin death trip is one of the bands i feel like I'm I'm taking you with me, baby. We're we're gonna keep you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this, the a couple of these bangers, man. Dude, they're, they're regular rotation. Now. Their vocalist hair was sponsored by fucking Slim Jim, dude. <laughs> His hair looked just like a Slim Jim guy. Tell me, he did not. I I had that fucking hair, man. Like <laughs> I had that hair, dude. Wayne, that was my shit, Damn. dude. Rest yeah, in dude. peace, yeah. Uh, fucking. Yeah, that's so fucking crazy. He's gone. Yeah, I know, I know, dude. I think I knew so that. Slim like, Jims. I re-remembered it. What was on this, what on this was research. that uh, stop motion like clay puppet shit v- music video they did? Was it Push It? Uh, I'm pretty it sure it was it? Push It with the alien like uh, in the factory. Why didn't we watch that video? That shit's crazy. Man. Anyway, it's so good. So, so we, we, Wisconsin Death Strip still holds up. So we've got Gift of Game in 1999 by Crazy Town with the hit single Butterfly, which you will still still hear on the radio. Actually, granted. Most of the shit you'll still hear on the radio. Bro, Butterfly. Yeah, I but mean, they put that on, like, like, not, like, old, like, rock stations. Like, that's, like, on, like, like older people stations, mm-hmm. like, 94.9 and shit. Like, I mean, look at, even look at Sugar Ray. You know, Sugar Ray is kind of, that's well, the thing. Sugar Ray has a lot of songs that kind of flow in that same direction. It sounds soft, even though the band is actually very dumb, if you actually look into it. Dude, uh, Butterfly, that song about Crazy Town was on everything at that time like in every movie in every um oh, we teenage teenage fucking uh drama Dawson's Creek show butterfly mm-hmm. got love 
1999. It's because of the all the pierced nipples in that video, dude. <laughs> Tattooed nipples. Yeah. <laughs> tatted nips. That was the that was the wave in 99, baby. <laughs> Bleached hair and tatted nips. That was a new metal thing. Also, 1999, we've got Power Man 5000's Tonight the Stars Revolt. Another big record. That was a banger. So, also, 1999, we've got Dope with Felons and Revolutions. And the really only, only reason that I really want to bring this up is because they have a really bad cover of NWA's Fuck the Police. So, of course, you know, they had the original line. It was like, thinking every nigga is selling narcotics. Which they changed to, yeah, motherfucker, I'm selling narcotics. Oh, yeah, dope wow. was, yeah, Dope was pretty trash. I, mean, I that feel was like pro- they were a gimmick band. Like. That was a, that was progressive of them not to say it. Oh, no, yeah, oh, don't, yeah, get, yeah, me, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, shouts out to those uh, dirty white dudes for not saying the N-word. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm by, I by no means condone. I, <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like that. Um, I just want to see what, what they're... Pussies. It's still It's still corny as fuck what they said. But at least it's not problematic. Yeah, that song know? sucks. I mean, it's on yeah. brand with their name, Dope. Yeah, yeah motherfucker, dope. I'm selling narcotics. Yeah, true, Hell true. yeah, motherfucker. But, I mean, we've got all this evil shit. We've got Slipknot. You've got your corns. You've got all this wigger shit going on. Then we've got P-O-D. Yo, real quick, this was the band that, like, saved my childhood because this was the only band that I could actually listen over 10 in my room openly openly because my mom was with impunity she was she bought me this out i have never even heard of pod and she got this album for me for christmas well, it was like they're well, christian babe yes pod was a christian man that kind of proved that new metal wasn't all about being dark and evil you could have a positive element to it yeah the fundamental elements of Southtown was mm. i i bumped the shit out of that it was a dope album like i wasn't even like like i, I thought it was corny that were they were christian but it was still like it's still a legit good album. It is. It's a banger. Something else to kind of mention with POD is POD had actually put out two records before that. They actually started in 1992, and oh, a lot shit. of the bands that I'd mentioned beforehand in 92. Yeah, dude. dude. A lot of those bands had been doing stuff. Like a lot of the bands that we just listed had other records before that, or they were around for years before that. But it wasn't until new metal really started popping off. They started catching that wave, whether it be um, intentionally or just record labels reaching out, trying to find bands that had that sound. Mm-hmm. They had a way in now. They oh, had, yeah. It yeah. Was, they were making money, so, like, you know, you had to cash in. We getting mm-hmm. money now. Yeah, yeah. So where are we at in the country? We've got Y2K, right? All the all the computers, all that. What, I oh, mean, my God, dude. That was terrifying. Yeah, I it remember, was. I remember being scared. My, mom, my, my family was super into Pat Robertson, and, like, that was all, like, that motherfucker talked about. <laughs> Like I, my mom was telling me, like I wasn't going to be going to school after New Year's Day because the world was going to be on fire. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> but around this time, I mean, you've got a lot of the big hitters. A lot of bands I didn't realize started out so late. You've got Mudvayne with LD50 in 2000. Ooh, ooh, LD50 was a heavy. LD50 was one oh, of my yeah. fucking main jams. That that's that was a transition for me, like because they had a different sound. They were actually on some prog shit, dude. I mean, as far as instrumentally. You got. Boom, 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 I hate Dig. Dig is like. Uh, <laughs> Dig is such a. I don't care. That's the best that meme song. ever, in my opinion. <laughs> You've got Papa Roach putting out their record in uh, 2000. It was self-titled, right? Yeah, I believe it was self-titled. Right? Uh, uh, in 2000, the album that they put out in 2000 was uh, Infest. That okay. was their uh, new metal banger. Yeah, with um, uh, Last Resort and everything on it. But a couple of the big bangers. One of the big ones for sure was Linkin Park, who were originally called Zero when they formed in 1996. Not a good name. But in 2000, they changed their name to Hybrid Theory, but then they changed it again to Linkin Park and put out a record called Hybrid Theory. 
Um, and that was huge. I mean, a big record. I mean, by this time, you've kind of got the more positive thing going on. I mean, they're kind of reconciling with negative emotions. They almost kind of have an emo thing going on, for sure. Um, it's much more... It's not all just where, angry... Where do they fit in the trifecta? Here, here, yeah. That's a good question. I mean, they definitely fit up there with P.O.D. Did they break more, the wheel? There's kind of... Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they definitely have not as much an evil element. P.O.D., Linkin Park, not not really the emo or the, uh, the they evil didn't go, element. They didn't go the tormented, evil, disturbed route. They Were they more in the, like, Wigo, white boy I think so, element? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they, they had, had turntables and everything. Like, they were, they were more on that. And they, yeah. they literally had a lyricist that... A, a, a vocalist that just did rap. Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. You know, shout out to your boy Mike Shinoda. But um, another thing about that about that trifecta, I do want to say that it, it wasn't like just all. There was gray areas in all this. Th- if this was a Venn diagram, a lot of these bands have pieces of this all over. They didn't yeah, fit yeah. squarely in one of these. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. this it's was all. Yeah, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum, baby. All right, so we've got another big hitter in two thousand. So we've got The Sickness by Disturbed with their smash hit, Down With The Sickness. Mm. And for those of y'all who don't know, um, I mean, if you listen to Down Down The Sickness on the radio, you get a big part cut out of this song. And this really taps into... the vanilla version of Down With The Sickness. Can you scroll over a little bit? And this cuts in to what New Metal was in a huge way. So let's sing, let's have the entire part. What would you call this, like a diatribe, like a little speech? In the middle of this song, if you listen to the uncut version... It's played out like a monologue, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's a two-person act. Because his mommy is clearly, and this is also on brand with the beatings theme of New Metal, his mommy is clearly beating him. It's a soliloquy, if you will. <laughs> no, mommy, don't do it again! Don't do it again! I'll be a good boy! I'll be a good boy, I promise! Come on, Johnny. No, Mommy, don't hit me! Why'd you have to hit me like that, Mommy? All right, Johnny. Don't do it! You're hurting me! Why'd you have to be such a bitch? Why don't you... Why don't you fuck off and die? Why can't you just fuck off and die? Why can't you just leave here and die? What are you doing? Never stick a hand in my face again, bitch! Fuck you! I don't need this shit! You stupid, sadistic, abusive fucking whore! What are you doing? How would you like to see how it feels, Mommy? Here it comes! Get ready to die! <laughs> Yo, that fucking echo, baby! Um, all the while, while there's all this new stuff dropping, and we've still got the OGs who are alive and well. Um, one of the biggest hits um, from a, a band that was kind of previously uh, grouped in new metal, which really marked their departure, was Deftones with White Pony in 2000. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I can't, like, air horn certain shit and not air horn, sh- air horn shit like White Pony, dude. What a fucking banger, dude. Mm-hmm. Still holds up. I will say, anytime I hear someone talk about the Deftones, that's what they talk about is White Pony. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's their record. That's the biggest Deftones record. And, and Deftones is a band without a bad record. I mean, they've got some records that are not as good, but White Pony is the outlier. I mean, it is even that record just transcends an already dude, really good band. story, I didn't know until we were looking this stuff up about White Pony. The song Back to School... Which is like notoriously um, a very new metal song. Like mm-hmm. um, the record label made them put that song on White Pony because they felt like uh, the 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 um, the route they were going. They were taking such a, a hard left with mm-hmm. their sound that they're like, oh, no, 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 you got to do this. Fucking this is what's going on right now. Put the song on. Which back to school? It doesn't. I mean, I don't care for it really much. I never did. But that's fucking why it doesn't mm-hmm. mesh with the rest of the albums because they were forced to put that song on there. Because mm-hmm. so. they're definitely. I mean, they're departing from new metal in yeah. a huge way. Yeah. I mean, they already were kind of like in their own way, and they were trying to. But White Pony. I mean, that's not. 
I mean, it's got heavy parts, but when I think White Pony, I don't think this is a new metal record by any means. No, it's very uh, uh, groovy. It's it's got a lot of industrial parts. It's a, it's it's a slow record in a lot of ways, even though it does have some heavier songs and some uh, fast paced songs. It is a, a real derision from the sound that they were doing and the sound that was associated with new metal. But really, all of the OGs were still going in. I mean, Limp Biscuit puts out. The infamously stupid title, Chocolate Starfish, <laughs> Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water in the year 2000. I would is, argue that this was like the pinnacle of their popularity. Of their hype, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like this, this was this was the oh, album. Because right. at this point, this wasn't them like, this wasn't a blow-up record. It's like, they're big, and now, damn, they just dropped it while yeah, everyone's they, looking. They literally yeah. had like Ben Stiller in like their music video. The world like, was watching. Yeah, yeah, they were fucking huge. And and I, which is interesting because the, I guess the... Uh, title of the record is a reference to a butthole. Yeah. Yeah, chocolate starfish. But what's hot dog flavored water? I don't what, really know. Man. I think they just he just thought, what if we just call it chocolate starfish not hot dog flavored water? And they were just like Do you yeah. remember do you remember the fucking album art on that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's so just weird. Let, yeah. like let, that like gremlin and like a bunch of fucking hot dogs. Honestly, like, you know what I think it was multiple gremlins. Shouts I, out to Westmoreland for the album art. I think what it was was like they knew that they were that big and they were just thinking what's the dumbest thing we can name an album? Like we are so big we don't need to make a record we don't need to make a record title to sound cool. Like, people are gonna look at it anyway. What if we just gave him a fucking record called Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water? Yeah. I think you're Eat giving up, too much stupid. credit to them. No, I feel, <laughs> no, I, I feel like you're on to something. Like, like, whatever. Just, just fucking eat, eat, eat it up, stupid. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah, eat it up, stupid. <laughs> like, it doesn't shovel matter. Shovel this shit in. Yeah, yeah, just shovel this shit down. It doesn't matter. And, I mean, Limbus You're gonna get- listen to it. Limp Bizkit, I mean, already, they already had enough controversies going on, but in 2000, at uh, MTV's uh, Video Music Awards, um, when they won the award for Best uh, Music Video, fucking Tim Comerford from Rage's Machine climbed the tower, the, the tower right behind them. Behind the podium. Yeah, right behind them. They had to get people to pull him down. He was pissed. He thought it was like a political thing, like, oh, you're, you're, you're putting them above us because you want to silence rage mm. you know which maybe there's something to that but um he went to jail for a night and apparently fred durst wasn't that upset about it because he considered them big influences yeah, for he, them like if you watch the interviews like afterwards like he looks like like hurt by it like he's like yeah, these yeah, are yeah. like my heroes I and like they're like what they're am like, i what am i doing to like upset them so much like, i think i think fred durst had a lot of times I think Fred Durst had a lot of times where he felt like he was that guy. I mean, he was even saying in interviews when he was talking about the Woodstock thing, he was like, oh, we're that guy. Oh, we won the award, and Tim Com- we pissed off Tim Comerford. Oh, we're that guy again. This yep. is right around where they make the turn from being loved to hated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've also got another big one in the year 2000. We've got Mushroom Head putting out XX, another band that had been around for uh, eight years before, but this was kind of the record that really blew up with them. And uh, Mushroom Head, I mean, similar to Slipknot, they uh, they also did the masks thing. They kind of had a very similar vibe to Slipknot, at least in terms of their aesthetic look. And as a matter of fact, they actually um, infamously had beef with Slipknot, and they uh, they turned down signed a Roadrunner, which was Slipknot's record label, which was a huge fucking record. Yeah, label. they were huge, mm-hmm. especially at this time too. They I I been. always felt like Mushroom Head was kind of like a uh, like a like a diet Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they were around before Slipknot, though. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, but Slipknot, Slipknot did everything about everything that Mushroom Head was. Slipknot did better. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, true. The aesthetic, the music, everything was just on a whole nother fucking level. So let's crank out a couple other ones. I mean, in 2001, we've got Smooth Criminal by uh, <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. Your boy. Yeah, which we don't even know what record that's off of. I didn't. We didn't I'm it. pretty it's sure it's off their self titled. No, 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 no. Don't even worry about it. Because I was, I was huge into Alien Ant Farm. Don't even fry really? me like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, movies was my jam. Jesus. Well, we've also again, got- again, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like uh, that was too, that was the wave, influential, dude. Influential, influential, inadvertently influential. A couple of the big ones are Oracle by Kitty in two thousand one, heavy hitter, and a big hitter. Um, only because it's probably just one song, but Drowning Pool puts out Sinner in two thousand one with their smash hit single, which is still like a reference point to a lot of people who don't really listen to heavy music. Uh, bodies. Yeah, dude, I was Let so pissed. I literally let the bodies hit the Yeah, I I remember I was so stoked. Like I was gonna go to Lunatic Luau and see them play, and he died. And they had a, I mean, obviously they had to drop the tour, and that that's really that really <laughs> fucked me up. I really fucked me up as like a twelve year old kid, man. Yeah, like, God damn. Vocalist uh, nicknamed the Stage. Died of cardiac arrest on tour, actually in Virginia, in our home state, just after the record dropped. Like, it was right cardiac arrest it. from heroin, though. Oh, I didn't he catch o- that. He OD. He was that. he was shooting up heroin on the tour bus. Yeah, I heard he was pretty known for being a wild yeah. boy. In fact, apparently his nickname, the stage, came from Dimebag Daryl because they um, he was from Texas and he knew Dimebag. And apparently he was called the stage because he would just go crazy on stage. He was just like a really wild performer. That's such a country boy name to give. My boy, the stage. Dimebag, the yo, stage Pan- Pantera Williams. was like that 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 band. Like they oh, were just yeah. like. The oh. heavy metal Leonard Skinner, I guess. Oh, Dave. Oh, the stage. Yeah, Dave, not- the stage Williams. <laughs> yes. Uh, but another really big one that isn't, we're not just saying ironically, is uh, System of a Down oh puts out God. Toxicity in oh 2001. What a fucking album. This shit put everyone on their fucking head, dude. Mm-hmm. That was such a fucking amazing album. So many Especially at that time, man. That Like, that shit was crazy, dude. And, and it's crazy. Only a year later, they put out Steal This Album, which was literally the first time anyone had done anything like that, where they were like, fuck it, man, you steal the record from the from the store, and the record labels were just like, all right, we'll go with the gimmick, but well, please don't. Yeah, yeah, the record's like, I guess, but... We're still going to put really it for 1995. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened was, apparently, the album, uh, it was uh, parts of uh, songs from Todd toxicity that were cut and mm. leaked and uh so some so and fans were uh putting these leaked toxicity songs on like you know the uh file sharing program shit line bar and whatnot and c- just calling it toxicity it was too. Nap- napster back yeah then. napster or whatnot and they were calling they were calling it toxicity too and so the band was like well you know what chill out chill out we're just gonna fucking take some of these songs and and, and uh, finish them and and that's what steal this. But album we're was. still cool because we're gonna call it steal this album. Yeah, it's not us <laughs> just trying to capitalize on stuff that y'all pretty much stole from us. <laughs> it's crazy to think like they that's when they blew up like 2001 yeah. man the September 11th like anyone like mm, anyone that looked like them weren't allowed like on with airplanes an, and take, shit with an anti fucking uh, an anti establishment yeah. uh, like uh, I mean it's crazy pitch. like that's that's a crazy time to be like our to look like they did. That's a great And come point. out and do shit, man. Especially when and, your album... And still blow up and be completely accepted by mainstream, like, culture. Like, it's crazy that they were able to do that. That's how you, big the movement was. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how amazing that album was. Like, people look past all their prejudices to fucking jam that shit. Mm-hmm. It was huge. I mean, also, yeah. just just real quick mention, I mean, Slipknot also put out Iowa in 2001, so Slipknot's rolling with it. <laughs> um, but let's get... All right. We got it. I can't look good. I was a heavy. Don't Don't worry. From from here on out, from here on out, there's nothing to handle. So we don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it really cannot be understated. I mean, the early 2000s, I mean, the late 90s, I mean, this wasn't just music. This wasn't just a music thing that was huge. I mean, it was in all forms of media. Yeah. I mean, like like we were saying already, TRL, but um, 
back then, early 90s, you listened to new metal and you fucking watched wrestling. WWF and ECW. They did go hand that in was, hand. That was my 10-year-old fucking life, dude, was WWF. The Attitude Era of WWF. Every aspect of the Attitude Era was fucking new metal. You know, ECW, literally, when they started their show every night, they would have some band. Like, they'd be like Mudvayne playing like a whole set. And, like, it would just... That that would be the start of the wrestling matches. Like, Mudvayne would literally be getting their gear off stage and somebody's beating somebody in the head with a barbed wire bat. Like, it was fucking crazy. And it totally checks out because, I mean, they, they have similar aspects. I mean, you've got this kind of performative yeah. world. You've got... I mean, they're wearing, like, masks and all this type of stuff. They have characters almost that they inhabit. I mean, it just makes sense that that would go really well The Undertaker, wrestling. one of the most influential and biggest wrestlers of all time... He literally went through like his own new metal like wave during that time. He came instead of like being like a goth boy, like dark dude, he came out and on like a Harley and a leather and like a, a cut off like jean jacket vest and a bandana. Literally coming out his entrance song was Rolling by Limp Biscuit. He just wow. be coming down the Titantron on a fucking Harley to Rolling. That's like wild. it was, he was rolling, rolling. It literally like new metal and the Attitude Era WWF, which is basically, if you ask anyone, the golden era of WWF mm. was fucking new metal through and through. It was, it was crazy. I missed the WWF wave, but I feel like with those things, like you said, those bands playing and fucking having the the things intertwine, like the the music with the uh, with the aspect of like fucking wrestling. You got shit, yeah, you got to figure. Kind of hard to have missed out on it and not caught yeah, one dude, or the yeah. other. Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Literally on stage, just beating the shit out of people, smashing beer. Like it, he was the most new metal dude ever. Like <laughs> just like this pissed off white dude smashing beer and beating the shit out of people. Like it was crazy. It was a an amazing time for pop culture, dude. Yeah, it was also so other than wrestling, it was also spreading into into a lot of music, movies, and uh, the soundtracks of movies and yes, shit. Like, yes, yes, yes. Fucking Dracula 2000 was the first time I ever heard Lincoln Park. At the end credits, they played fucking. Uh, Oh God! Was one step closer, and I was like, "What?" It yeah. shit fucked me up. This is this is classic literature that all of a sudden <laughs> has this new metal ass movie. We've got Power Man Five Thousand again. This is a Dracula Two Thousand soundtrack. You got Power Man Five Thousand, Disturbed, System of, System of a Down, Marilyn Manson, Lincoln Park, Static X, Head wow. PE. Which more about them later. Yeah. Uh, Taproot, um, and even uh, even the old boys. We got Pantera and Slayer on there. Uh, 2001, you've got Jet Li's The One with Drowning Pool, Disturbed, Godsmack, Linkin Park. You've got The Scorpion King. Um, that that had a bunch of stuff, but it also had New Metal. Or Sorry, it also had Nickelback. Mm. Yeah. So it's starting to come in. Yeah, yeah dude, Scorpion King, uh, I Stand Alone, Godsmack, their big hit was <laughs> Oh, yeah, that movie. I Stand Alone. Yeah. That's oh, Godsmack. Yeah. That was, that was their jam. big hit. Wow. And that was, ah. they wrote that for that movie. Like, their music alone. video. That's a karaoke a song. Yeah. That's a song. Yeah. That's a bop. Has, no, we, we has, finally had it. Has anyone ever seen someone perform that? Like, I, I have before. <laughs> we have. Yeah, yeah I think I, both of us together. I, have done that. That's the only thing I do on karaoke is butt rock shit, dude. Oh, man. I'd love to see Because anyone can squeeze their butt together and, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much every cool mainstream movie. I mean, Resident Evil in 2002. Yeah, it had My Plague by Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then oh, the, follow, yeah. the follow-up had Kill Switch Engage on it. Wow. And another m- movie that was just intrinsically new metal was Queen of the Damned because the what soundtrack was done. And the soundtrack was done by Jonathan Davis, but interestingly of enough, porn fame because yeah, 
Um, he could not do vocals because of contractual agreements with Sony. Um, so instead, he just wrote music that had vocals by other big hitters from new metal, like Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, Wayne Static of Static X, Jane Gordon of Orgy, uh, David Draman, Drayman, Drayman of Disturbed. Um, we've got Marilyn Manson, but it also has original songs by Dry Cells, Static X, Papa Roach, Tricky, Earshot, Godhead, Disturbed, Deftones. 2003, you got Freddy vs. Jason. You got mm. El Nino, Mushroomhead, Hatebreed, and Seven Dust. So you're kind of seeing again by 2003. We're gonna get this in a minute, but this is when you start kind of an- another wave is starting to come in in the heavy world. We got Killswitch Engage and Hatebreed. The on second that. wave of new metal and, mm. and some of the, and some of the transition bands that came into. Yeah, let's not call those <laughs> second wave of new metal. <laughs> yeah, Hatebreed bands that came oh, bands that bands that helped kids transition who were getting out of like new metal and getting into Dude. something different. Yeah, Hatebreed definitely was that band for me. Like I remember, I saw a lot of these bands. Slipknot at Lunatic. Yeah. I went to Lunatic Luau to see Slipknot. They had just put out Subliminal Verses, and the, you know, duality was the greatest thing mm-hmm. I ever heard in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Well, and, let's, okay, I mean, well, let's talk about a few more bangers just before we get into the fall, because we can't just. I know we've been rattling off a lot of bands, a lot of albums, but there's a couple more that kind of signaled like you know, it's it's pretty big right now, but it's starting to kind of fall off. You've got Corn um, with "Take a Look in the Mirror" in 2003, with the hit single "Y'all Want a Single," which was a single that made a lot of money with a censored version. <laughs> yet they were somehow talking shit about the record labels, even though they're completely complicit in the way the record labels worked on this. Um, again, it's kind of like when um, a S- System of a Down put out "Sealed This Album," where it's kind of like you're against it, but come on, man, like you're still doing it. It's it's your it's words versus actions, but you know whatever. Uh, Limbiscuit puts out "Results May Vary," also in 2003, um, but this is a good leeway between um, what we're about to get to. Evanescence drops uh, Fallen in 2003 with the, the smash hit Bring Me to Life. Bring Me the... to Life. And real quick, I, I, we gotta talk Wake about something. Wake me up! Wake me up inside! <laughs> so we gotta talk real quick about um, this is something I think maybe pe- people might be interested in. I mean, you all know the song Bring Me to Life with Wake Me Up. Um, but how much do you know about your boy Paul McCoy? Yeah, the other guy on there is a guy named Paul McCoy, who's from a Christian band called Twelve Stones. Paul, wake me up, McCoy. Yes, pretty, <laughs> dude, yeah, he's, that's easily his most famous thing that he's ever done. But believe it or not, Twelve Stones is still alive and well. <laughs> so the dude from that Evanescence song, I mean, they've had songs in movies and trailers such as The Scorpion King, again, uh, all the way up to Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Chest. Um, Marvel's Electra. Mm. Um, it, uh, not too long ago, in 2015, they were playing for service members in Fallujah or so, something. Yeah, so don't even act like Twelve Stones isn't still pumping out songs. <laughs> Everyone's just like, who, who, who? <laughs> about Paul? Out, still pumping out content. <laughs> I'm with you. Said uh, uh, Paul, Paul, wait. Paul, bring me to life, McCoy. <laughs> not Paul, Twelve Stones, McCoy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they put out a record in 2017, so they're still popping off. But um, anyway, so let's move on. So, I mean, in 2003, that's when it, you know, it's so big, but it's starting to fall off. In 2004, I mean, you've got MySpace blowing up, and uh, there's a new kind of outlet for heavy music. The cultural zeitgeist is shifting. You've got Warp Tour. So mm-hmm. emo and metalcore are becoming more popular than new metal, at least um, on the underground to midground. Is that a thing? Um, they're becoming more popular than new metal despite sharing a lot of similar themes. So let's rattle them off. I mean, metalcore, you've got As They Lay Dying, Avenged Sevenfold, Kill Switch, Bullet for My Valentine, Trivium, Matreyu, all kind of have, like, all those bands were in the new metal world. You knew they were listening to new metal. A lot of kids that are uh, younger kids were, or kids that are older that were 
probably my age were into new metal and like you know middle school and whatnot and like are kind of switching out switching trading in mm-hmm. for some heavier bands without you know gimmicks I, even though i guess yeah. there's a lot of these bands still had a gimmick but i'm not so a, a gimmick that's getting a little more played out of the time they know? have more of that hardcore aesthetic like yeah. a more punk rock hardcore aesthetic that seems more sincere it's less about jinkos and um uh frosted tips Mm-hmm. And more about Super. yeah, yeah. more about uh, what, what was it about? Hot well, topic well, short pants. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, camo shorts, cut off camo shorts, oh, yeah, black yeah. t-shirts. Yep. Um, but with the swoop pair, I mean, also emo's getting big. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Blink One Two is the you know obviously the biggest one. Thursday, the Use, Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, mm. and Fall Out Boy, which is I mean, My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy, Blink One Two, those are huge. I mean, those are giant bands in the in their own right. Um. And a couple shout-outs just because, you know, we love these bands. Uh, Under Oath, Converge, Norma Jean, Every Time I Die, also doing their own thing. Um, getting, but, getting kids out of that kind of new metal thing and more into something a little slightly different. Yeah, so, I mean, if new metal started to feel dated, you had this whole world that was right there of of emotion, of emo music, of, of uh, heavier music. But, again, I mean, not everyone that was in the new metal got into cool shit. No one, not everyone went that route. Besides going underground, there was another place for the culture of heavy music to shift. Butt rock. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, you've got, like, butt metal bands like Five Finger Death Punch, Breaking Benjamin, Shinedown. These are where all, like, the, the, the dads of new metal, or just the, I'm not going to say the dads. I don't want to put that kind of heat on dads. But uh, you know what we're saying. It's definitely yeah. dads. Yeah, yeah, you know what we're saying. No we're one's 16-year-old, no, no normal 16-year-old was bumping Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> I, well, I don't know, man. Uh, some of them are. Some oh, they of them were. are, but, uh, but yeah, still. Well, let's not act like <laughs> new metal wasn't complicit. I mean, you've got bands that are kind of considered new metal, like Chevelle and Stained, who went completely butt rock. Yeah, from the beginning. These bands didn't even hide the butt. Like, they yeah. they let the butt in from the beginning. Bands like Stain, especially, because mm-hmm. they were of that new metal time period in the in the mid to late 90s. They were in there, but the butt was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, by this point, I mean, I mean that kind of vacuum that new metal had in the mainstream was being occupied by these butt metal and butt rock bands. And let's not forget other ones, the great butt rock band, Nickelback. <laughs> the, the Godfathers. The Godfathers. Rock. Do you think we should uh, take a, a second to explain what butt metal is? Like, a lot right, of people, okay. a lot yeah, of people yeah, don't know what true. butt rock you're is. Right, Who's got right. it? Who's got it? I mean, I think the best way to describe it is it's it's a it's a vocal style. <laughs> you know, you, it, to me, the term "butt rock" comes from like literally the only way you can sound like like fucking Scott Staff from Creed is if you squeeze mm. your butt and sing. Yeah! When you are well, and it always yeah! sounds like you're, and it always sounds like you're taking soul. a shit. Like, yeah, like you literally have to squeeze your sphincter to yeah! sound. Like that. And that's that's where it comes from. That's butt rot. Like mm-hmm. all these guys had the same exact vocals. Yo, shout out to Scott Staff though from that one uh, Super Bowl halftime Dude, show that, where your boy ooh, just had oh, the yeah. best <laughs> energy. Tight. Did you ever hear him sing like the um, the the opening like song for like the baseball the baseball song like Take Me Out to the Ball Game? No, but I can he imagine. did a cover take of that. Take me out to the ball game. Like, Wait, literally the Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Song? Yeah, he. he oh, did can you even a call that a cover? That. Do you cover that? Song? <laughs> I mean, they say someone did a cover of the National. Well, like, he, he changed, like, words up and stuff. It's like, it's... <laughs> after this is done, we're wow, listening to that. Wow. It is horrible. True, wow. true. There's an app. 
<laughs> right there. That's an F right there. But, I mean, you also got Three Days Grace, Three Doors Down, <laughs> Seether, Crossfade. Yeah, I mean, cr- shouts out to Crossfade. Probably yeah. the greatest butt rock band. They're totally underrated. <laughs> yeah. If you've never heard Crossfade, please go listen to Cold. I mean, that's a thing. I mean, this Looking is this back is a, at me. This is another. This is another kind of uh, idea that I've had with like in terms of rock and roll. I mean, in the late 80s, you've got it, like, mainstream rock and roll. In the late 80s, you've got kind of glam metal blowing up. Then you've got uh, grunge in the early 90s. And then it's new metal. That was the last kind of, like, cool, interesting thing that came out of it. Because after that, you've got butt rock. Yeah. After that, it's, it's as far as the radio goes, you've got butt rock. And, I mean, there are other, uh, there are other rock bands that are, that are still doing it, um, for sure. But I don't really know if there's a movement there. There's no name for the modern, like, what, I mean, this is where we're going to be old, but, I mean, we put 21 Pilots as a big one. Uh, there's no denying that. Okay, but let's move on. Let's kind of get on to, to the legacy. I mean, um, I mean, some of these bands, some of these new metal bands are still on fire. I mean, we're talking about in this day. I mean, Slipknot and Deftones, still huge. Stadium still drop, bands. Yeah, still dropping albums, still can sell out stadiums. Still dropping oh, plates. You know? Speaking of which. Still dropping bangers. Speaking of which, I mean, and there's also other bands that are still doing it. I mean, I don't know if they're dropping bangers, they're but they're still here. They're still here, and you know, they're you know, they're dads. You're jamming, disturbed, corn, Limp Biscuit, Marilyn Manson, um, Lincoln Park was still also pretty big before uh, Chester Bennington's tragic suicide in 2019, or sorry, 2017. Um, in fact, there's actually a Family Values tour in it's 2013. Still, it still goes on, baby. Yeah. Carry the torch. Tell, rattle off some of those bangers on Oof. the 2013 Family Values. Some so, of those heavy hitters. So this is where bangers. New, <laughs> this is where New Metal was in 2013. So again, Family Values tour. This is Corn headlining alongside Asking Alexandria, Machine Gun Kelly, and Hollywood Undead. <laughs> Fuck Hollywood Undead, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen to that song. Hollywood, we're never going now. I just. I heard oh, these God. guys for the first time today. I'm sorry, Mark. It, dude. Yeah, I, I uh, couldn't went without that. Yo, you what know, a way to cap off the new you know who used A lot of homophobic that? slurs, dude. A lot of really bad yeah, homophobic Courtney, slurs. Yeah, I did I not realize how Courtney, bad it was. Courtney played me so much. Like they just dropped this straight app. I was like, ooh. And Hollywood yeah, Undead? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, a lot. In the song Undead, dude, listen to it. They dropped the, the heart, like the... <laughs> Uh, maggot with an F, mm. <laughs> at least mm. five times, and it's ah, damn. and it's not. It, it, well, I'm gonna mm. won't be a. It, I don't know. It's really bad. Ugh. It ain't cool though. Oof, mm. big oof. But here's the thing: is uh, I mean, new metal left. I mean, it has a huge legacy. I mean, this is the first time that that this type of heaviness was ever big. So it's being. I mean, not only in terms of the Warp Tour stuff, but I mean, there's still tons of bands that are still implementing this. It, it opened up the door for uh, for just super heavy music to be appreciated by a whole new generation of people. I mean, heavy metal or heavy music is just huge right now. It made, but, it, it, made it palatable to the masses. Yes. You know? yeah. That's yeah, yeah. that's that was the thesis I was getting at, um, but you still have uh, some big metallic hardcore bands that are using new metal conventions. Uh, I mean, we'll start off with the, some of the better ones. You got Throwdown, you got Hatebreed, but then you got some shit like you know you got Amur. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> I whoa, got a good whoa, time whoa! With some Amur shit. Are you gonna you stand know, up? I, I, I can't hate I'll, 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 I'll stand up for Amur. I'm gonna hate on Amur and Attila. Everything they do. Attila. Yeah, yeah, we can all we can all hate on Attila. I had some ties with Attila too in the early days. Let me get a new port now. That shit does not hold up. Yeah, that shit is. That's but totally like that new- <laughs> that shit I mean new metal is big yeah. still alive in their vibes I mean until it's kind of gone back straight f- hard into new metal yeah, now. yeah. their new shit their new shit is just straight new it's metal it's just new metal yeah 
They're not even like metalcore anymore. Uh, bands like uh, what's that band? Fucking oh, Fever Three Three Three. That's a new metal band. Well, that's the thing is even in in kind of uh, the underground. I mean, um, I mean, straight from the path, totally utilizes kind of like heavy stuff with rap style vocals, and even in the hardcore scene. I mean, look at Turnstile, Turnstile, tra- <laughs> Trapped Under Ice, especially Belie- or uh, uh, Secrets of the World. Yeah. That record is very new metal, <laughs> totally. It's definitely got the Wigga Wigga style to it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I mean. Again, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of wrapping this all up. But the the one band that we kind of agreed that's still mainstream, still where Limp Biscuit was in two thousand, that's still doing the rap rock thing. I mean, there's going to be some people out there that might be younger that'll list more than that. But I mean, Twenty One Pilots, that's kind of what we're left with now. Strong elements of new metal. Yeah, yeah. they diluted out all the grit. All the grit's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, they're on the more. Uh what, what, uh, they're what? like they're like the free based version of new metal. Like mm. they've co- you've cooked out all the impurities and you yeah, just have a straight mm. crack. Rock it's like now. the easy <laughs> like, just straight rap rock. It's yeah, rap rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they wear masks. They even have little breakdowns. I mean, it's still angry white boys doing pussy rap with screaming. Yeah, we in the notes we put. <laughs> they pussy even do. Down. Oh, we didn't even mention the thing they do, but uh, it's a very new metal esque thing where they uh, all these new metal bands back in the early two thousands, late nineties did this like weird twitching thing, or they would look weird and like. Ah, it's, yeah. The TikTok thing that all these fucking people, yeah, yeah, all that shit, yeah. new metal as fuck. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, they're still doing it. I mean, that that really is it. I mean, even on the way here, I was listening to um, like the local like rock radio station, um, F ninety nine for you know locals. Um, and there was some song. It was like some recent shit. It was like rock and roll mixed with like trap beats type stuff. And it was like obviously like a white rapper. And I was just like, damn, there are other bands that are really still doing this. I mean, new metal. Now it's just not new metal. Now it's just kind of like it all kind of mixed. We're just kind of that's just where music is now. It's top forties, baby. Yeah. All right. So that was a great episode. But before we wrap it up, we want to get into a couple of the worst lyrics we're able to find because if we haven't kind of gotten on this already, new metal had a lot of really cringy moments, cringy songs, and cringy ass fucking lyrics. So um, let's 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 kick it off. How about Keitan? You read the first line. This is. Twisted, Twisted Transistor by Korn off of the record See You on the Other Side. Hey you, hey you, devil's little sister, listening to your Twisted Transistor. Hold it between your legs. Oh God. Turn it up, Ooh. turn it up. The wind is coming through. Can't get enough. Because the music do. Do what? And then it's reaching <laughs> inside you forever preaching. Fuck you too. Your Ooh. screams will whisper, hang on you. Twisted transistor. So what is he talking about? (laughs) I don't think he fucking knows, dude. Again, this is what happens. A lot of these bands they get so big, I think they're just kind of like they're just phoning it in on some of these lyrics. Yo, and funny thing about this music video is like they have like a bunch of rappers play like their roles in this. Was it's like David Banner, Little John, like they're playing like members of Corn in the video. It's actually a funny video. But I mean that was pretty bad. But <laughs> it was long as hell. I couldn't sit through it. I had to, I had to call it on that one. I was like, <laughs> here's here's an old school one uh, by a band called Snot, which I originally actually we were going to talk about earlier, but we'll just save until now. They weren't big enough. No one, I don't think enough people knew about them. But they had a bad song called called, yeah, called My Balls. This is, this is a new metal record. This is actually like between Corn and Limbiscuit era where this song came out. But um, the song is called My Balls, and here's some lyrics. Uh, it goes. <clears throat> I know you're all the same and you're so fucking lame and we're not going to play those games ho where do I begin you know you just can't win only when you have my balls on your chin my balls your chin my balls 
I want to put them on your chin, your chin. I see you envious because you can't play with us. We go on and your bitch, she goes nuts. She's a fucking hoe and we know how it goes. All right. Mm. All right. And here's another one. I wouldn't say this is like... Because I think this song in particular, they were trying to joke a certain mentality. Yeah, I think it was a little satirical. But yeah. nevertheless, we got uh, Cigaro by System of a Down off of uh, the album Mesmerize. Oof. Uh, my cock is much bigger than yours. My cock can walk right through the door. <laughs> With a feeling so pure, it's got you screaming back for more. My shit stinks much better than yours. My shit stinks right down to the floor. With a feeling so pure... <laughs> It's got you coming back for more. Can you see that I love my cock? Can't you see that I love my cock? (laughs) (laughs) This is fantastic. True poetry. Uh, Next up, next up, we got Eat You Alive by Limp Bizkit off of Results May Vary. This is a 2003 record. I'm going to go ahead and take this one because this one's got a special place in my heart. It's all you, baby. (laughs) All right. I'd eat you alive. Hey, you misses too good to look my way. That's cool. You don't want nothing at all to do with me, but I want you, and ain't nothing wrong with wanting you. Because mm. I'm a man, and I think, mm. what the hell? I'm a man. What the I hell? want you. You got that straight. I'm sorry. So sorry. Damn, you're so hot! <laughs> hey, missus, too good to look my way, and that's cool. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not, that's a bit I way. still want you, and I'm a man. We haven't talked about that th- this much, but I mean, this is all, I mean, this is the late 90s. I mean, with where, even where rap was, and, and rock and roll, just all rock and roll. I mean, all these genres, sexism was alive and well. I mean, rampant. Rampant. But I, will, I will say, with rap, it was more just like, like, yeah, I like big booty bitches, but like this shit's like got like a rapey like yeah. tone to it. Like Oof, it's like you haven't. Uh, yeah. mm, let's get let's go. Like new right. metal's got like a weird like rapey tone. If you want to talk about that, this is what we're gonna end it on. Um, we mentioned this band one at a time. We found this song and we were just floored by how fucking bad this is. There's a new metal band called Head PE. They had a record called Only in America, and this song is called American Beauty. And real quick, I want y'all to look at this fucking vocalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take a second to go look up Head yes. vocalist, and then you immediately get... What is, uh, uh, Jared Gomes? Yeah. Gomes. Dude, look at look at that uh the title for that picture. Jared from Head PE, aka my idol. Jesus. Somebody God. idolized this fucking this dork. Is, dude, this song is easily the worst lyrics I saw in this whole new metal run. And I've been listening to new metal since I was like fucking twelve. Yeah, this is really <laughs> like bad. It's I've so bad heard. we're gonna go into the entirety of the song. Yeah. <sighs> and real quick, uh, t- if you want to know where Head PE is real quick, and this is gonna be an ep later on. Is uh, they, I mean, if you look at related artists on like Spotify, iTunes, you're gonna find Juggalo music, which will be an app yeah. one day. But they totally this was like new metal had that Juggalo element in it, and Head PE I think might have epitomized that better than any other band. So they fully embraced the Juggalo. So we're gonna get into this entire song, and what do we uh, popcorn style this shit? <laughs> go. Pass it, y'all want ABC? It we'll just pass I, it around. Mm-hmm. I really hate to even go. Yeah, into I don't want to read. I feel this, dirty. I think we all need to share it. Not a good dirty. Yeah, yeah let's if share. One of us got to do it, then we're all gonna do it. You so know? we'll go. Stanza by stanza, you see a break, we switch. So uh, I'll, I'll kick, kick it off, it off then, then Mark, then Kate's on. How about that? All right. All right, so this is American Beauty by Head P.E. <clears throat> Back door in the club, I'm not looking for love. I'm looking for a big butt to squeeze these nuts. I'm not trying to think too much. I'm just trying to get fucked and drink too much. Little bitch, don't be so serious. Don't get mad because your girl want to be with us. In the club, show love. Have a drink on us. In quotes. 
Hey, yo, dog, I think this girl wants to get fucked. All right, this is when y'all need, need to probably take a drink as well. It's getting real bad. <laughs> hey, Daddy, can I talk to you? This is a girl speaking, by the way. Uh, do you want me to do a girl voice? Yeah, yeah, in this song, it's a girl voice. Hey, Daddy, can I talk to you? Daddy, I'm only 17, but I know just what to do. <sighs> At the clubs, fool, play me big money for me. But, Daddy, you can get this lap dance here for free. I need love, Daddy. Daddy, give it to me. It's my birthday. So if she's if she's seventeen, and it's her birthday, that means she was just sixteen yesterday. So she's birthday seventeen. Jesus Oof. Christ! This Oof. So let's move on. Um, good thing I have a really short one right here. I'll, I'll read just th- this these few parts. Um, I then let me see your ID because the last time I was fooled, the bitch was just sixteen. She was just sixteen yesterday. Yeah, yeah, she just told you it's her seventeenth birthday. Bro, it's chill. <laughs> she's seventeen now. <laughs> big ass, big tits. She looked at least twenty three. By the way, this is not a this is not a rap song. It's not a juggalo song yet. This is full on new metal right now. Yeah, if that's you, crazy. Right? You look up the song after this. I'm going straight to hell. If fucking you is wrong, I don't want to be right. That's the chorus. Yeah. All right, Mark. This is you, baby. Okay. <clears throat> hey, baby girl. I know just what to do. I'm gonna slap your little ass till it turns black and blue. Now put on these heels and arch your back. I'm gonna crack your ass in half with my eight inch stack. <laughs> oh, dude, Kate, you get all the worst I get all, lines. I get, all the, I get all the girl parts. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, here we go. In my parents' bedroom? Yeah, you know how we do it. On my mama's bed? Yeah, go ahead and give me head. While my daddy's working? I got my own work to do. On a kitchen table? Damn. Yeah, boy. They're it's on all the you pain. So he, this is like a twenty-something-year-old guy going to. Uh, this dude's probably thirty. <laughs> yeah, dude. But this record came out in two thousand five or something. This is after. Ugh. Yeah, they started early, but by now this dude's like in his late twenties, thirty. Fucking a seventeen-year-old girl on the fucking on my mama's bed, <laughs> on the kitchen table. Gee, oh, here we go. Anyway, this, get into it, pain. Don't try and avoid it. Ah, jeez. I popped the cherry of the high school senior head cheerleader. Baby girl's hungry, so daddy gotta feed her. Inches, pull it out. Then she blew me. Good, good. A good. teenage pussy is a thing of beauty. <laughs> Jesus, this is new metal, yo. This is you got to take this. I new don't metal. know if new metal gets the rap for for this song particularly, but uh, it's new metal. I don't know if this is just if this, is, <laughs> this is definitely head pee, I guess. All right, all right. Uh, uh, then it's the chorus again. I'm going straight to hell. Uh, and if fucking you's wrong, I don't want to be right. And we come in with, I could fuck your life away. Let me fuck your life away. I don't want to be right. Fuck you. Jailbait, 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 jailbait. So, <laughs> you know what the jailbait, bitch. Oh, no, it's about to you know what's going on. It's about to, all right, this yeah, is you again, K-Town. God, I, I get all the girl parts, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, the one, I'm the like one that, that got a teenage... I, I like that lines up better that way. At least it's consistent. <laughs> yes. It's consistent at least. Uh, it's another- she was like, "Damn, what the fuck you do to me?" I was like, "Shut the fuck up. This ain't nothing new to me." Hmm. She was like, "You're such a dick. I hate you." I was like, "Bitch, shut up before I rape you." Oh, <sighs> Jesus. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I like fucking 90 powers. I watch it go in. I feel like Shaquille O'Neal and I'm fucking the Olsen twins. What? Yeah, what is it? It don't take much more than a nice butt. The slut stares at me. The slut rides with me. In the back of the Suburban, leave the driving to me. 
Alright, this one really got me. These last few lines, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard because someone's probably said this before and been dead ass. God damn. I I feel like I got the short end of the stick. Yeah, I got to take a shower after this. Yeah, dude. Damn, I forgot to check the slut's ID. Those big ass titties make it hard to see. What? If fucking you's wrong, I don't want to be right. Those those big ass titties make it hard to see the ID. Yeah, what? Even check? No one try to check. What is she like? The fucking like the police? She's got an ID just on her chest. Yeah, real quick. It's in your pocket. This is this is this is a joke for locals only. Shouts out the Death Singer. (laughs) 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 We all know what it is. Um. <laughs> all right, all right. So we had to take you down there, guys. But uh, that's a wrap. I'm, that's pretty much it. Right? That's pretty much it. I had all a, she wrote, baby. You know, I mean, with our first episode last week, I was very ready to get out of it, and with this, I'm still pretty ready to get out of it. But you know what? Did not hurt nearly as bad as researching furries. So I'll hold on. That. So let's keep with the theme of the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh Is, yes. Are these good times killing Are us? These or good did times these good times contribute to our killing us? I started it last time. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll go that way. You don't want to, you want to do it the same way? We'll, we'll go. We'll okay. Okay. Are these time. good times killing us, or did these good times kill us? So uh, this segment is when we decided was this a good thing or a bad thing for our society. Yeah, I'm going to say no from my personal experience. Damn, I, dude. Yeah, I'm going to take a hard. I'm going to say no. These good. Uh, well. Oh oh, P, oh oh oh. Yeah, not that head P song. Fuck that. Oh, song. you say no? The good times are not killing us. The good times. Yeah. Are, no. No. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these bands that we mentioned are bands that I grew up on. Uh, uh, bands that still influence the way I listen to music and put me on to new music. And even though I got off the bandwagon probably with a bunch of people during the fall or even before the fall, uh, some of those things, like I said before, if uh, a lot of those things that you really loved, loved. There's always going to be a place for them in your heart. You'll always love them if you truly did love them. So, yeah, I don't think these good times killed us. Um, There's definitely a lot of cringe to this. I mean, anything you go back and look mm. at 20 years ago of your childhood, you're going to find cringe in it. Mm. And, you know, Limp Biscuit and everything, it's a joke. You know, but there's a lot of a lot of good things this contributed to. This led to, a, you know, a lot of better genres of music, a lot of better bands. This opened a lot of people up to, like, on a mainstream level to like heavier, like more underground music and kind of got a lot of people into that wave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- they had a lot of positive things like inclusivity. You know, there was a lot of people of color, you know, in these bands and, and a, a predominantly white genre of music, you know, it definitely opened up to a lot of people. I mean, the shit like the head PE shit was awful, but I think Oof. as a whole, Oof. definitely not killing us. Yeah. Definitely I mean- not killing us. I, I agree. I mean, you look you look anywhere, you're going to find some bad apples. And I even don't have that much hate against, against Limp Biscuit. I mean... They're I ne- funny to joke on. Yeah. I never... I mean, that's easy for me to say because I never had a Limp Biscuit mode, so I don't feel that shame as much. But, <laughs> me, and um, Mark, me and Mark are real yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we feel it. yeah you fucking we feel piece it, of shit. <laughs> no, but uh, New Metal was great. I mean, New Metal... I mean, even this past week, I've had a great time listening to these old bands, kind of catching up. Um, personally, uh, as someone who wasn't as has much into it, um, this is my first time really discovering Corn. I have a huge appreciation for Corn. At least those first uh, like uh, three, four records. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great bangers. I like you said, Kate Town. This really opened up uh, the floodgates for a new generation of right. people that were into really heavy music. Um, it and uh, yeah, the good times are not killing us. The good times are just good times. Yep, these are I definitely like good times, just being good times. These yep. are great times. So, uh, <laughs> the good, so they'll be they're the good old times now. So, uh, thank you all so much for listening to Good Times at Killing Us podcast. Do we have any shout outs to give before we get out of here? 
Uh, big shout out to uh, Gary and uh, Kyle for uh, helping us uh, pull this together. And, so uh, another Kyle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another yeah, Kyle. yeah. We have a lot of Kyle Kyles B, in the world. You know, for mm-hmm. uh, sitting with us on some of this and uh, watching some of these new vet metal vid- videos with us and helping us uh, take some notes and outline mm-hmm. some of this episode. Definitely helped shape it. Definitely helped give us a new perspective. And uh, yeah, guys, um, this has been this has been great. Uh, look forward to seeing you all next time. Um, it's your boy David. K Town. Mark. And the good times are fucking killing us. We're dead. dead.